The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the local talent mystery opponent. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Rodzilla to my Hollywood. Well, let me tell you something, brother. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? You know, that figure hunting warrior thing is not working out for me because I've gone like 0 for 20 in the past times I've gone out. <laughs> kind of get pissed about it. Oh, figure hunt, yeah. Well, How hard is it to put new stuff on the shelves, man? You know what, man? I, like I titled uh, one of your last videos I put up there is distribution issues. I don't know, man. I haven't seen my Walmart looks the same every time. I swear to you, one of my targets has the same two Brit Bakers that have been on the same part of the shelf for like two years. Not even joking. Nobody's yeah. ever even touched them. Like they're just in the same position. I, dude, I, I don't doubt you whatsoever because I've seen the same thing in my Walmart. I haven't. My local Target is kind of a drive, and you know, so I don't really go there that often. But Walmart's like right up the street, and hot damn, like they have nothing ever. I don't know why. Uh, I thought it was I thought figures were a lucrative sell. But... Yeah, apparently not anymore. There for a while, it was like I would say right before COVID, uh, things were. Pretty good as far as like what you could find. And I would say during COVID, it was great because I was getting a lot of stuff. Then I guess that goes to people not going out, but yeah, that too. And uh, it would depend on a few. Before anybody few... talks crap, I had like six people in the house at that time, so we need stuff in the store. So don't come at me, bro. We were allowed to go out here in Ohio. It was perfectly fine. Just like you had to wear a mask in the store and all that. So yeah, I'm wondering how it's going to be up in Detroit, but. Uh, as of the posting of this, we will find out in about a week-ish, week and a half. That's close. Yep, there you go, man. We're wrapping up July today with Great American Bash 1990. Or no, I'm sorry, with <laughs> wrong bash. With Bash at the Beach 1998. Uh, wrapping up the month of uh, America's birthday. To all of you outside of the country, eh, whatever. I, I don't okay. have it. So, I have the notes because I watched it. But for some reason, I thought we were doing SummerSlam 94 today, which I watched uh, prepping for this. But nah, I watched uh, Bash of the Beach 98 a while back, actually. But oh, okay. Yeah, I, I still have to watch that That's what I meant in off the air when I told you it was not that bad of an event. I was talking about SummerSlam 94. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, that one I still need to watch back. So that one I have no. But yeah, this was the one I said I nothing this event. But uh, I can definitely see that now. I was yeah, wondering what the hell you're talking about. I thought SummerSlam 94 was pretty... I'm not gonna say great, but it was a good watch. I thought. Okay, now I get it. Ninety-four as a whole was kind of hit and miss. Yeah. But this one, I don't know. I went into it wondering, uh, like, I, I went into it thinking, well, it's 1998, and it's got a big played-up main event. It's got to be good, right? Or at least you know halfway well, decent. Uh, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but they they blew their load on the previous Nitro. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Which is now in the archive, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> That is correct. But, yeah. uh, but either way, uh, yeah. So this, this show is the most. Was, 
I hate saying this because I, I like the guy, but this is the most lackluster world title match I've ever seen in history of WCW. I know it's saying a lot. Right. Dude, I, I like both um, guys in this. But I'm like, yeah. Wow, this does not feel special at all. This Dude, felt got, like a Thunder match. You ain't kidding. I have got some comments when we get to that one because uh, I was not happy about this whatsoever. But I mean, I, I realized, like, whatever the well, hell, you, you know. You got to keep in mind this match was already made before, the big, before all this happened on Nitro. That's so. one of the other problems with it. But uh, yeah, for those that don't know, the previous Nitro before this, the go home Nitro to one of your biggest pay per views of the year, uh, you're going to have a giant main event world title match and switch the belt. Cool. TV. Yep. And we'll get into all the uh, ins and outs with that one. It's actually the top story. Also, but, I do want to mention you said one of them at, at this point, it was the biggest pay per view of the year at this point. Yeah, uh, it's hard to argue with that. Well, the the other one is uh, Bischoff always claimed that Halloween Havoc was their tentpole. No, I mean, uh, at, up until this point in 98, this was their biggest pay-per-view oh, so okay. far. All right, yeah, that one makes sense. So, But I guess to wrap up this America's Birthday Month. America, yeah! <laughs> I had to get it in at least once. Uh, we are going to hit this show. I... I I feel like maybe I should have switched the bashes around because <laughs> this one is not ending on a high note. But rest assured. Uh, well, who who's involved in the finish? I mean, come on, that's the highest note you can ever get. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I think no. I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. I'm like, oh, yeah, the ending of this. <laughs> he right. gets the moment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, where you know, let not your heart be troubled because I think all of August, if not the vast majority of August is going to be a banger. So, and we're going to have other content on. Well, that's YouTube. because SummerSlam is normally like a solid, this is going to be a great show. Normal. I'm not saying they've all done that, but yeah, I think there, there were a handful of SummerSlams where I walked away. I was going, yeah, that was it. Like good effort. WWE. But for the most part, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, SummerSlam <sighs> at least delivers something. SummerSlam 95 had a very, hor- very horrible match. I don't need to say anything more, do I? Yeah, right. There was one thing from SummerSlam 95, and that was it. Now, like, I and think that we all was know. made uh, late, by the way. It wasn't supposed to be that going into it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Clearly, we were talking about Mabel in the main event. I mean, that was the thing. No, we're not, because that was supposed to be that. <laughs> yeah, I was right. talking about skipping Barry Horowitz. But... Oh, God. I, <laughs> Skip and Barry effing Horowitz, man. Hell yeah. Legendary wrestler. <laughs> Goldberg. <laughs> that was probably the greatest thing AEW's ever done in their history. Was that graphic? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Legendary Jewish wrestler. <laughs> Love that. Uh, it's going to be MJF someday. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick pause here to tell you about the sponsor of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Muller Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool. These polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros Golf signature polos. Muller Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek-looking design. 
They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. I gotta ask, let's be honest, alright? Are your polos getting outdated and dingy? I know for a fact that mine are. I've wore them way too long and way too much. It's time to get new ones that'll make you stand out on the golf course. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now that we're done with that, we're going to get into our first break real quick. Because on the other end, you usually uh, crack something. So I, I don't no, have anything. I to, well, I don't have anything to crack. I have uh, see if this comes across on audio. Nope, that was a weak. Yeah, I, I got it. I heard it. <laughs> it was a it was a bottle twist for that one. So, <sighs> yeah, either way, uh, we're uh, going to dive into our first break here on the other end. It's news and notes time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store Slash main event marks. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore, take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts gimmick and politics free well so do we here at the main event marks and so do the guys and gals at coffee brand coffee where they ditch the gimmicks You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee, as well as K-Cups, 
And for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes, but, well, real quick, what are you cracking? There you go. This is clean energy. (laughs) Full disclosure, this thing is uh, vegan, by the way. And I will go vegan on stuff like this because that usually means there's nothing in it that I shouldn't have. Because I'm iffy on energy drinks. Right. (laughs) Uh, So if it's vegan on energy drink, everything should be healthy, right? You would think. You would think. Yeah, right. Uh, well, my local Dollar Tree f- started stocking more of a variety of energy drinks, so I have to check some of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, you see, they've got the the Beyond stuff now. That's like five dollars. Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool because some of the stuff, like uh, people can talk crap about Dollar Tree, whatever. But there are some things you can skimp on quality on. It's like yeah, it's five bucks, whatever. Who cares? Do my local ones been having like actual brand name stuff? Yeah, mine too. They actually have, like, full packs of toilet paper now, like the big ones, not just, like, you know, one or two rolls in a pack. Yeah. It's, it's nice. I like it. They have I'm TGI Friday's uh, chicken wings, too. I'm like, wow. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess I forgot here. We got to hit the uh, the news intro. That is correct. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> the hook always gets me at the end. <laughs> oh yeah, gotta punctuate it with the uh, with a Joe Pesci. I tell you, I went back and watched that movie after you made that. It still holds up, man. Yep. Yeah, everything. Uh, I it's it's a great film, man. I like. There's nothing. Obviously, some stuff in it are a little outdated because it was made, you know, at a different time. But for the most part, still great ass movie, man. And you talked about the all star lineup in that damn thing. Uh, well, we just kind of talked about this already, but less than 10 months after making making his professional wrestling debut, Bill Goldberg won the WCW title when, uh, from Hulk Hogan in front of the largest crowd in WCW history and the fourth largest crowd for pro wrestling ever in the United States. It's been debated whether putting the title on Goldberg was a premature panicked reaction to Raw kicking their ass in the ratings last week, and that will probably be debated until the end of time. But what can't be denied is that the win garnered one of the biggest crowd pops in the history of the business. The original plan was for it to be a dark match, uh, but that changed last week, and Hogan reportedly had no problem putting Goldberg over clean. But in return, he was promised to be the person to end Goldberg's streak when that time is right. But that probably won't happen well. in a while. Yep. Well. Uh, about that. Uh, I mean, He's like literally a, a day late, a dollar short on that. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, I mean, it was a member of the NWO. That's not uh, Hogan. But what's funny is the person who does end the streak and takes the title drops it to Hogan. Fillingly. In one of the most infamous nights in wrestling history. I can't remember. Did we co- I think we covered that one, uh, if I remember correctly. I don't know, but if we didn't, I think in January we should throw both on one show. They were both going to be nights. We did not cover that show. Wow, okay. I, I was wrong. Yeah. Either way, WCW is expected to win the ratings battle this week, but at what cost? Hogan versus Goldberg was a potential $7 million. Uh, I think the cost I mean, paid off, I think. Ish. But uh, I, 
I mean, it depends on what you're going for in your payoff, I guess. But Hogan versus Goldberg was a potential $7 million grossing match on pay-per-view that they gave away for free on TV. They also had potential big money matches with Hogan defending the title against Kevin Nash and Bret Hart. And now those storylines are thrown out the window. If WCW doesn't win the ratings war this week, it would be a huge blow since they just gave away their biggest money match for free. They had over 41,000 fans in the building for a gate of $906,000 plus and did massive merch numbers. All of those, or all of these broke every WCW record in history, but all of that money is still only a small fraction of what they could have made if the match was on pay-per-view. Uh, Can you for, imagine, like, if ESPN had given away Mayweather versus McGregor? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Freaking stupid. For yeah. reference of this, by the way, Starcade with Hogan versus Sting did a $7 million gate. And with the right buildup, Hogan and Goldberg would likely <sighs> have done more. I love Sting, but man, I think this would have blown that away. Right. I mean, it was a big buildup or whatever. But if you think about it, like, the Goldberg Hogan thing was a little different because. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, there wasn't really much of a feud, right? It was just like Goldberg's kind of oh. coming up on his own. Yeah, he's the United States champion, yeah. He's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think like, he has a feud at the time. And like we said, Hogan's in the middle of this big tag team thing. Right. Which, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, man. it wasn't bad. I mean, I guess it got some publicity. Well, let me ask you this, because this is another thing I was thinking about. You're going to beat Hogan on the go-home show and have him drop the belt. When he's going into this big tag match that you've been building up and building up, doesn't that kind of crap on his momentum going into the show? I mean, I see your point, but I mean, come on, let's be honest. This is more about Rodman and, and uh, Malone. You know that. So, I mean, but you're not wrong, but yeah, I get that. And then I respectfully you know, disagree on that for that reason. Yeah. I, well, it was just, it was a thought. Cause it's like, when, well, it's, when it's, you it's, ever it's a fair thought, but and I guess he didn't, they didn't technically squash Hogan, but they did have Goldberg take three of his finishers in a row and then pop up like nothing. And I, I, I realize the argument is, well, it's Goldberg. But still, I mean, come on, man. How many people throughout the years have taken one of those leg drops and they were dead? Andre the Giant? Right. <laughs> Goldberg took, it took three in a row and then pops up like, let's go. Like, what the? F-? I think back to WrestleMania 18 when Rock kicked out of it and how much... Jim Ross put it over. He'd be out trying to China with that move. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then uh, The Rock would go on to feud with uh, Goldberg a, a little bit after that. So, But, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a weird choice. Oh, it's a go-home show before this big show. Hogan's in the main event. Let's beat him. Didn't Bischoff okay. rationalize it by saying they were a TV company first? Yeah. and I mean, if that isn't that true, I mean, I don't know. I was there, but I wasn't even there. That is true, though. I guess I get the point. I get his point. I just think it's wrong. I don't know. And he's right. They are owned by a TV company. But it just, I don't know. Like, was it that well, big of a deal? You also got to remember, too, uh, this pay-per-view was already sold on, on, on the basketball players. The next one was uh, Road Wild, which is you know, a joke, but it sells itself, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's so kind like, of a where giveaway. Are they put this, where are they going to put this match? Like, on, like Halloween Havoc, I assume? Do you yeah, remember when I mean, we got a Hell in Heaven 98? Do you remember, by any chance? Um, <laughs> I guess that would have been the it? perfect spot. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Who was it? I'll, give you, I'll give you a hand. It was, what a, it was Goldberg's greatest match and Hogan's worst match. Oh, same yeah. Thing. Okay, so it was a Goldberg and DDP, right? Yeah. And then uh, Hogan and yeah, Hogan and Warrior. God. So I think that might have been the perfect spot to have this. but Right. 
and then uh, I don't know what the hell you would have done with Warrior. Maybe send him home. <laughs> Look, you know, I I realize the guy's passed. I mean, but seriously, <sighs> come on. It, I hate I hate like revisiting like this, but man, Warrior's not at that show. That trapdoor is not there. Bulldog doesn't get damn near crippled. Yep, I, dude, I saw the clip the other day. A lot of stuff changes. Saw, yep, I never saw that until the other day. Um, it looked just like a a normal back body drop, but he does hit kind of hard. Yeah, but he also keeps going. You can't even tell that happened. That's yeah, the crazy I'm, part. I'm thinking it was adrenaline pumping at that point where he's just like, ow, that hurt, but he just keeps going. And then the next day, it's like, well, I'm effed up. I mean, Shawn uh, Michaels? Yeah, well, like Kevin Nash was talking about his, um, he, he didn't know he tore his tricep, I think, until like he woke up the next morning and he's got like black and blue from his pec all the way down his arm. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, something ain't right. I think Ricky Steamboat's injury was just as like little in hindsight. Right. Dude, he's he's on his ass. Right. Well, oh, that's right. They didn't have a trap door there. But LACW had this trap door and they injured like at least three people. I think uh, think after one, they were like, maybe we ought to do something about this. Well, was this all on the same show they got hurt or was it multiple shows? Uh, No, it was different different people altogether. Well, I, yeah, I, well, I knew it was three people, but I thought maybe they all got hurt on the same show. That makes it worse. Like, one dude. was a jobber on Nitro, I know that. Well, one of them was probably I, Saturn. I, I uh, feel one like them, one of them was like one of the Vianos, wasn't it? Maybe. I thought Conan got hurt on it, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, Conan gets hurt on everything. <laughs> Conan gets hurt on air. Uh, but uh, Saturn, I know for a fact, was one of them because he, he we had a story about him uh, a while back that he was on like painkillers and stuff. So it hurt him so yeah. bad he started wearing a dress. <laughs> God, I wish I was joking about the dress. No, there's anything wrong with that. But what the hell? Why? He had a feud with Raven where the loser had to wear a dress and he won. He he lost. So he had to wear the dress. And then years later, Raven made that his whole gimmick that he wore a dress. This has been done in wrestling a couple times. This is Brian yeah. Pillman's last thing he did in wrestling. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I should laugh. Now. It's not funny, but... <laughs> Dude, can you imagine them trying to do that now? Yep. God. Harry Styles yep. would be like, I've been doing that for years. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, speaking of men in dresses, Dennis Rodman was scheduled to appear at the Georgia Dome to further the angle with Carl Malone, but he no showed. <laughs> no, <People that> don't. <laughs> I know Rodman no showing. Uh, that goes together like lamb and tuna fish. I am a tuna fish. Maybe you prefer spaghetti and the meatball. Yeah, considering we're in America, if you don't like that, get the hell out. <laughs> Bringing it back. <laughs> we haven't done that one in a, in a few weeks, so figured I'd hit it. Yeah, I saw my opening. Anyway, uh, WCW tried all day to get a hold of him, but Rodman wasn't returning calls. You know what I'm laughing at? If anybody's seen the, uh, I mean, it's public knowledge, but it was on the, the Last Dance documentary, Michael Jordan one. Yeah. He, uh, he flew out to wherever the hell they were one night in the middle of practice when they were in the middle of the finals. So yeah. he'll miss practice in the middle of the finals <laughs> and show up, but not when he's free to show up. <laughs> And going into a huge money marquee match. One might argue the biggest one in their history at that point. Right, yeah. Definitely uh, involving celebs. That's good God, man. But, uh, oh, and keep in mind, by the way, this was like they were calling his home phone because cell phones were not, I I mean, they were around, but 
not a lot of people had them. Not readily available. Right. I mean, Rodman might have had one now that I think of it, but it was like probably a big ass brick and it's not one that you carry around in your pocket. But the night before, Rodman was at a Pearl Jam concert in Dallas. Sure. Uh, guzzling wine from the bottle and getting on stage with the band, leading to Eddie Vedder to call him out for being drunk. And when you're getting called out by Eddie Vedder, man, you done f***ed up. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm sorry, something doesn't compute here. I mean, the drunk part, I get. Dennis Rodman at a Pearl Jam concert? Sure, we'll go with it. But this obviously doesn't bode well for the Bash of the Beach. I mean, they're all pretty badass. I mean, I like music, why wouldn't you... Oh, well, uh, depends on who you ask there, man. Uh, I mean, badass is the word for him, but I do like some of the music. Yeah, I, I, like I don't want to be too Jam. liberal with badass, but okay. <laughs> I mean, Pearl, I'll, I'll put it this way. Pearl Jam's not one of them bands where I got their music in my playlist, but when they come on the radio, I'll turn it up. Like, does that make I sense? It does. I think I have two of them on my Spotify gym list. Yeah. I know one yeah. even flow because that's an all-time classic. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I like them. I don't have anything wrong with them, but it just doesn't seem like I don't know. You, you like look at the totality of of uh, Dennis Rodman as a person. I wouldn't assume he likes uh, Pearl Jam, but I mean, you, know, you, you do you, man. But uh, apparently, this uh, obviously doesn't bode well for the Bash of the Beach pay per view since Rodman clearly isn't taking his commitment seriously. For Hogan's book, apparently, he did this the year before too. Really. Yeah. Uh, was he at Bash of the Beach 97? Yeah, he was in the main event there, too. I don't remember that. It was that. him and Hogan against Luger and Giant, I believe. The Giant. Luger and Giant won. Oh, wow. Did we do that one? I'm thinking maybe we did. I did don't Bash? know. We did do that one. Now in the Okay, because it, like, it's like fresh in my memory, so I'm, I must have watched it. Yeah, we've yeah. done 96, 97, 98. Well, obviously we're on 98 now, so. Okie doke. I, I don't remember that. Maybe I blocked it from my memory. Was that uh, the memory? Another episode where I'm going to talk about repressed memories. <laughs> right. Well, I've seen him. I've seen way too many Dennis Rodman matches for, like, my my own mental well-being. All right, so. I'm going to say someone I'm not trolling. He's no bad bunny or Logan Paul, but right. He was okay. Yeah, he's, he's fine. He's not the worst I've seen. That's for damn sure. Road wild 1999. We did that one now in the archives. He was on that show taking on the macho man. Oh yeah. I forgot he wrestled much. That's right. Yeah. I think that was macho man's last match in WCW ever. What a legacy, huh? Yeah. Right. Uh, hey man, if you're going to go out, you go out on top. <laughs> anyway, uh, there was also a spot during the show where, uh, talking about Nitro, I forgot to mention, uh, there was a spot on oh, the no, show where, pal. God dang it, pal, where uh, DDP took out Ed Leslie, whatever his gimmick is this week. Oh, no. <laughs> this was, was Uncle Dave's writing, whatever the hell Ed Leslie's gimmick is this week. <laughs> All right, we got to give him that one, dude. <laughs> he's not wrong. No, he's not. I'm not going to say he's not wrong. I'm going to say he's spot on the nose, but whatever. Or, yeah, right. <laughs> Or uh, as I like to see when I, or as I like to say when I see Ed Leslie, who are all these fucking people? <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to get it in, Katie. Got it in. I, I, I saw again. I saw the opening. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, he took him out with a stiff chair shot that legit busted open Leslie and required stitches. Oh, not that face. Not sure how he paid for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet good money on that one. But it led to the two men having he paid words. Good money on that one. <laughs> it led to the two men having words backstage, but didn't amount to anything. So I think you said it was DDP, right? Yeah. You don't hear any story about DDP that you're hurting people. Yeah, right. It's like, come on, dude. It's it was an errant chair shot. Crap happens. Like it sucks. Move on. Well, they like, need to stop protecting their head, not hitting people in the head with chairs. Really? Yeah. Hey, this was Bischoff's boy versus Hogan's boy. Who was going to win? And I think I don't think Hogan hated DDP, but I'm pretty sure that Bischoff hates Leslie. So, yep. <laughs> he said he was. I think he said on multiple occasions, he, literally the only reason he didn't release him was because of Hogan. He said he, he felt he served zero value, which it's hard to argue. Like, you know, as a was, kid, I, I'll admit I love Bruce Beefcake, but I can see the point now in hindsight. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm also not referencing when he was Bruce Beefcake. I'm referencing anything he did in WCW. No, I mean, what I'm referencing <laughs> is like, I, I can see like how, like how people don't, they look at him like, why are you here? Because you're someone's friend. <laughs> right. I totally understand that. Dude, him in that that uh, WrestleMania tag match against Money Inc. is just like, oh, God. Like, yeah, that was one of them where I'm like, why are you here? Other than the fact that, yeah, you're somebody's friend. On a technicality, he's headlined WrestleMania and Starcade. <laughs> so, I want to point that out. Yeah, right. <laughs> and not by his own merits. Nobody was like, you Hogan, know. Player, uh, right, yeah, nobody was like. Quite a few people. Uh, Nash. Who, One of these things is not like in here. <laughs> right. And uh, no, not one single person went, who's going to draw money here? I got it. Ed Leslie. What's his, uh, can you, what's his uh, Christian name, by the way? Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake. <laughs> if you look at his driver's license, middle name, it's TF. <laughs> yeah. That's his full name. Anyway. Eric Bischoff. That's, like that's gonna go out on history is the greatest thing Conrad Thompson's ever done. It's right up there. That one, him bashing on Stevie Ray, uh, the <laughs> fact that he hates Prince. Uh, like anytime somebody mentions Prince Iakea, he loses his mind. Now that one I don't get because he was not bad at all. But I guess he was <laughs> a star. But what the hell are you doing, anybody? I don't think that he sucked. I just think oh, he did. He's another one of those where I nothinged him. I'm like, oh, why are you here? Another, why are you here? Yeah, right. It's like he didn't draw a dime. Those guys never drew a dime. <laughs> That's never, the next dark side of the ring, by the way. Uh, Mike Graham? As of this point. Oh, the Graham family. The Graham fa- yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, God. Yeah, it's gonna I'm going but... to watch it. But The Magnus about... CA one made me cry, man. Damn, yeah, this guy would have been huge, man. Yep, that one sucked. Uh, I, I'll say this about the Graham family. Think about this. Uh, there was Mike Graham and his dad was Eddie Graham. Uh, I don't know his his father's name, but uh, Mike's grandfather committed suicide. My, Eddie committed suicide, and then Mike committed suicide. Like, good lord! I mean, the Bonners have the same issue. I mean, how? What? What the hell is that? Like, it's like a bad gene or something. What? What? There's something that runs in the uh, family sometimes, man. man. I don't know, but and it effing sucks. Uh, think about being like the lone survivor in that family too. Like I think about like if I was Kevin, like Kevin Von Erich, yeah. like what the like, dude, like everybody you know around when I, you. When I hear him in like interviews say, "They said they're gone," but at least he got to 
know them. But God, yeah, that's right. got to hurt to say, man. I don't. That's a hell of an attitude yeah. to have. I don't think I could have that. Eh, yeah, there's something to be said for, you know, keeping your head up. And, I mean, I respect him for it, but it just, like, Clear yeah. as day, man. He, he does. Yep. Frickin' sucks for him, though. Uh, getting into something a little less depressing. Eric Bischoff is already pressuring some of the guys whose contracts expire in late 1999 to sign extensions. It's been... <laughs> That's gonna hate that. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, it's been strongly hinted that if they don't sign the extensions, he will stop pushing them and basically job them out for the next year, which would obviously yeah. hurt their drawing, which would obviously hurt their drawing power a year later if they wanted to go to WWF. Now I can't sit here off the top of my head and tell you what the four radicals were doing at the end. I know uh, Benoit was a world champion, obviously, but mm. I don't know if the other three got de-pushed or whatever. But well, I was going to say, I mean. They were part of the revolution. I guess they were kind of somewhat getting a push, if that's what you want to call it. Eddie was in the Built the Animals, I believe. Oh, yeah. That. <laughs> I, I mean... Hey, screw I you. Know. I like that group. They were fine. I didn't, that was another one where it's like, I, I didn't hate them, I didn't love them. You know, they were, they were fine. But I thought they were entertaining. It was something different. The fact that they added Disco makes me laugh, but... No, they didn't. He had himself. Or, well, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want to say about difference. it. Right. But I just now, like, I wrote all this down, obviously. But I just now thought about this. We're in mid-98. He's talking to, He's talking to people whose contracts don't expire until the next December. Or, you know, or the end of that year, whatever. Wanting them to sign an extension over a year before their contract expires. Like, well, damn, you got to admire that. Lock down. Tong, tong. Like, damn. Uh, that's... That, that tells me that he knew their worth. Well, that's the other thing. It's like, how do you know these guys are going to be worth a damn, you know, come time for that contract to roll over? Like, you know, Look, hedging your bets, man. I to Saturn, because I think he was the fourth of them. But the other three, I mean, they're amazing wrestlers. I did not see their worth. Uh, Jericho was another one of those guys because uh, he talked about. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Jericho talked about there was a time when he, when they kept bugging him and bugging him and bugging him, and he said he knew where to go in the building to hide, and <laughs> people wouldn't find you. Wow. And he said he knew this because it was a common practice in WCW that if you didn't want your like, uh, like if somebody went and politicked to get the 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 finish of your match changed, so you. You'd do the job. They, uh, they basically, if they couldn't find you, they couldn't tell you. So you would just go hide, so that they couldn't tell you your job in tonight. <laughs> that is pathetic, right? And he he said they let that happen. He was like, "Why the hell wouldn't I do that?" He's like, "If they're letting it go on, you know, whatever." And he's like, "And and they did that stuff all the time." So there were apparently a lot of people did that stuff. So he and went he said, and did. He said late ninety nine, right? So I guess this uh, does not yeah. include uh, the giant. Yeah, he no, that's... Maybe in early 99, so. That was one Eric Bischoff claims he didn't give a damn that he left. Which, I mean, yeah. I... You can see both sides of the coin on that. Well, yeah, well, like he said, he's like, okay, because uh, Conrad was trying to, well, why wouldn't you care about that? And he was like, okay, let me ask you this. What the hell did he do when he left? Like, is he a huge star now? Did he make them a ton of money? 
he's like, I didn't give a crap. Well, he came in at, at the wrong time if he wanted to be a major star. Rock, Austin. Yeah, right. DX, The Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. The Jericho said, finally, they called him in, and, and Bischoff talked about this, but he said he doesn't remember the meeting exactly, but he remembers, like, kind of. But Jericho writes about it in his book where uh, he was dragged into Bischoff's office finally, and Bischoff slapped the contract in front of him. and was like, sign it. And Jericho's like, I don't really want to sign it. And he was like, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, that was the, the famous line where Bischoff was like, I don't remember saying that, but it does sound like me, so I'm not denying it. Or he was like, all right. I've actually reminded you of a few things you've said in the past with the exact same quote from you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he said, uh, Bischoff was like, all right, well, you don't sign the contract. No ticky, no laundry. He's like, you, you know, you got you to gotta lose that title to, he was like the cruiser, or no, TV champ at the time, I think. It's like you're losing the TV title to Conan, and uh, I don't see how that's a bad thing. It's not like it's uh, you know, don't crap on me, people, but with uh, Disco and Jacqueline, I mean, how was Conan a bad choice? Right. Well, that's uh. like Jericho was like, I mean, whatever. He's like, fine. But then the thing, and Bischoff was like, all right, did he lose a title? And he's like, well, he didn't lose it there. Like he was like, okay. So he's like, I don't know if I said that or not. And then. <laughs> And then Conrad's running down like the the next few shows, and he's like, and then we get to such and such date, and he loses the TV title to Conan, and, and Bischoff is like, I told him no ticky, no laundry, I stand. <laughs> like, wow, like I freaking love that. Uh, oh, that but, uh, it's like the when you go into the the Chinese, like the Chinese owned uh, uh, was the dry cleaner. That's why I couldn't think of it. Words. <laughs> <laughs> when you go into the Chinese owned dry cleaners and if you don't have your ticket with you, they won't give you your clothes. So it was oh, like wow. a reference to that. Yeah. By the way, you talked about the lines. I don't remember a mutual friend of ours was saying he was listening to one of our shows the other day. And he was like, your Midwestern sayings make me laugh. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm not denying it, but I'm like, the pop, you... it's gotta be the pop thing. I was like, I had, what a, I had a friend who listened to him and he told me, he goes, he goes, why does that guy call soda pop? I'm like, that's a thing out there. <laughs> wow. Oh. He also, uh, he also questioned if you were really from there because he caught you saying hella. <laughs> that's because I've been talking to you for over a decade. <laughs> you got me saying that. Uh, no, the ones he was specifically referencing was, uh, uh, oh, roughing up. And uh, because I, I said that Bart, uh, Bart Gunn and Bob Holly were like the like teaming up unbuttered toast in a glass of milk. I remember you saying that. I was still like, I've had unbuttered toast. I don't think it's that bad, but. No, I mean, neither is milk. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's no, the just, bland meal you can get. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're recovering know, maybe, from a maybe stomach Maybe you heard it wrong like I did, because I was trying to figure out what the hell that meant, too. I'm like, I try it's not like to eat much butter, honestly. It's, well, that's the, like, when you're recovering from a stomach ache and you're, you're like, ah, I need to try to keep something down, toast and a glass of milk is pretty safe. So there you go. You know, like a pretty bland meal right there. Well, that's that's kind of what I was getting at with that. But I told him, I said, I don't know if that's those sayings are so much Midwestern as much as uh, middle aged white dad. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> middle aged white dad. What the hell? I mean, I get, I get a lot. I get a lot of my sayings from, you know, from middle aged white dad. But either way, the recent merger of AT&T and TCI. You know what the hell TCI wow. is? ECI is now known as Xfinity and Comcast. Well, it was Comcast, which is now Xfinity. Okay. Man, I forgot all about that. The house I'm in yeah. right now, in the year 2002, that was our first cable, was TCI. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Forgot yeah, about we that. Used to, 
I remember. I remember all the changes through this, the years. But I think that TCI was Pac Bell at one point. Do you remember that? Uh, I don't think so. We we never really had wait, that out here. Wait, wait. It's called Pacific Bell. It, uh, it's probably only out here in the Pacific. Oh, we had Cincinnati about that. Bell. That's probably what. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati Bell was a. They did. Uh, they changed the name of it since then. I can't remember what the hell they call it now. But um, I had that down in Cincinnati for a little while. They suck, by the way, for anybody out there. Uh, in the Cincinnati area, just gonna say it now. But you guys have any cable providers that are good out there? I'll tell you I've what, heard. man. I, I it, after the first few, I'd say I don't know, three four months of effing around with them uh, when I moved into this house, I've had little to no problems with Spectrum. They've been pretty good in my area. Spectrovision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember. I remember when Spectrum was Time Warner Cable, and the the internet was called Roadrunner. I remember that because of a friend we used to, our mutual friend we talked to had Roadrunner and swore by it. Yeah, I mean, at the time, it, you know, when it was Roadrunner, it was pretty good. But then again, like, you didn't have a lot of options to choose from. I also had Verizon, uh, DSL. Yeah, we don't have point. many optic cables here. I, I really, I recently found out because I went into a local Walmart and they said, hey, do you have Spectrum? I said, no, I'm happy with what I got. And he started talking about their packages. And I was like, all right, I'll entertain them. Like, let me just hear your prices. He's like, can I get your street address? And I gave him it. He goes, oh, we don't have um, the optic cables in your area, so you couldn't have spectrum there. Right? Okay. Wow. Either way, but uh, the recent merger of AT&T and TCI will likely have major ramifications on the wrestling industry. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe some bigger yeah. ones, too. But huh. uh, I was going to say, there's a, there's an upcoming merger after this. It's going to be even bigger, but yeah. Within the cable industry, it's believed that due to the merger, within a few years, nearly every home in the U.S. will have pay-per-view capabilities. Well, there you go. Uh, currently, around 35 million homes will have uh, do currently have access to pay-per-view, but it's thought that in a few years it will be around 100 million. In theory, uh, that should triple the revenue bought in uh, bought in by WWF, WCW, ECW, and other things like UFC and boxing, and would be would be hugely profitable for everyone involved. A lot of this is theoretical, of course. Yeah, I mean... I, ECW being profitable, that's the quote of the day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, pay-per-view was a big thing. I mean, you and I talked about that's That's how TNA started. They had a weekly pay-per-view. Only on pay-per-view, yeah. Yep. And it was still a, never, still don't, can't ever get over that. Who launches only on pay-per-view? Right. Wasn't it like $10 for a show, though? So you were, like, I think so, yeah. Yeah, they were charging like 50 bucks a show, yeah. So basically yeah, so, $3 a month. Right. So you could get four TNA shows a month for 40 bucks, or uh, like the WWE would put on uh, one pay-per-view a month, and it would be eh, about 30 depending on the show. Sometimes, like if, you, if you're talking WrestleMania uh, or SummerSlam, those were about 50 Premium item. <laughs> right. I still miss the days of Buffalo Wild Wings showing WWE pay-per-views because it was it wasn't as good, obviously, as being there in person. But it was like the next best thing for me because the whole bar was there to watch it, and everybody got into it. They'd crank the sound up. Everybody was. It was like being at a live show almost, like the atmosphere. But you also got to eat Buffalo Wild Wings and drink beer. So <laughs> there you go. And probably I mean, I not stadium you, beer prices, I assume. Hell no. That was, uh, I didn't know this because I don't drink really very, I really don't drink when I go to live shows, but one uh, one guy I listened to on YouTube was like, yeah, I really only, he, he brought up Pabst Blue Ribbon. 
He was like, I really only drink that when I go to like concerts and stuff because it's like the the cheapest beer you can get at the, at the <laughs> concert. I am so shocked. Right. Well, if you want a normal like a can, like a regular like I mean, they don't come in cans at live shows, but it's the amount that would be in a can in a cup. If you get that of any other beer, it's over five bucks. If you get it of PBR, it's about three. Yeah, PBR. If if you can stand it, it's. I mean, it's like a higher end, low grade beer. This guy is also from Wisconsin. He was like, the only time I buy PBR is like, he's either at a concert or I buy it if I'm gonna like roast a chicken with it or something, or if I or if I'm <laughs> making or if I'm making beer brats, I buy it for that. Or if you like, want to pull a prank, an old dad. <laughs> yeah, this isn't Coors Light. What the hell? I drink Bud Light because they pay more. God. Well, getting into the WWF side of things here. God, this story. Oh, man. (laughs) We already talked about uh, Dark Side of the Ring, so here you go. WWF's experimental brawl for all shoot fights have become become a major topic of conversation in the business lately. Yeah. Uh, The tournament, bro, appears to be a way to get Steve Williams over as a legit tough guy so that he can challenge Steve Austin later this year. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> look, the best laid plans, all right? So, yeah, I must say... Whoa! <laughs> but, uh, the plan is I still, can, I still okay. stand by Bart Gunn got screwed, man. That's messed up. Oh, 100%. But then again, he's not the only one. I feel like every single person damn near in this tournament got screwed. And Physically, you, emotionally, yep. Well, didn't you Much. hear... Or, you'll have to remind me here because you probably remember better than I do. Did did Russo admit that this whole thing was set up to to shut Bradshaw up, quote unquote? Yep. yep. God, what a and moron! Then, and then he gets to the damn finals, by the way, and almost won the whole thing. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Did he? Um, I thought he got knocked out in like the second or third round. I know he, I, he lost to Bart Gunn in the finals, I believe. Wow. Okay then. Yeah. So he's still a tough ass Texan, man. But anyway, the plan is for it to continue on every Raw until SummerSlam. Uh, I believe it did. But crowd reactions have been mixed, and if ratings don't do well, it may very well get cut short. Well, that didn't happen. Yeah, well, you know why crowd... You and I talked about why crowd reactions sucked. Because he literally said, hey, let's take a break from our scripted bullshit to show you this. <laughs> Jim Cornette explained that when Jim Ross had the unenviable task of telling people why these guys are great wrestlers, but they're like a couple drunks in a bar fight. <laughs> right. Yeah, nobody knew how to fight. They Like, nobody except for, uh, well, I can't say nobody. Mark Merrill was like the only trained fighter in this whole damn thing. Seven was in it, but he dropped out. Yeah, I wonder why. Dude, can you imagine if he did happen to get his ass knocked out? How embarrassing. Like, he could have never lived that down. Nope. But, and then if he did win, were they going to feed his ass to Butterbean? Yikes, he might have been man. good on his own pay-per-view, not WrestleMania. But. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I don't know, man. The, the, and you and I talked about as kids. I mean, you were a you were, what a teen at this point. Fourteen. Yep. Yeah. So I was I was a bit younger than that. But like, neither one of us knew if this was real or not because like people like Hawk came out in full LOD face paint and his tights. Uh, the one that got me the most is the Godfather still came out with the hose. That's what he called him, by the way, wow. when he cancels me. Um, <laughs> the, the, the women of ill repute. Yes. Yes. His that escorts. Purposely called hoes on TV, by the way. And even yeah. in one of the videos. Ha <laughs> ha, they're hoes. God dang it, pal. 
But yeah, the moment I saw that, like, that kind of threw me for a loop. Okay. Yeah, right. It's like, are the, is this real? Is it bullcrap? Like, what? what is it, man? That's why I said, they're like, hey, let's take... They didn't go full in with it, and then you're going to take a break from your scripted bullcrap program to say, look at this, this is real. Trust us. Trust us, bro. Thus proving to us that the scripted stuff is actually better. <laughs> yeah, right. Just going to point that out. Yep. Well, Savio Vega and Steve Blackman are the only two guys who have been... Comp- or who have haven't been completely gassed, excuse me, after only three minutes of fighting. Well, Michael's was legit badass. Yeah, right. I, I he probably had cardio then. for yeah. days. Right. He was a trained fighter, kind of. Uh, I mean, he was a martial artist. I don't know if fighter, whatever. And Shamrock's on record saying that's the only guy in WWE he legitimately could probably take him to fight. Yeah, right. Uh, someone like Mark Marrow with a legit Golden Gloves background was outclassed and beaten in the first round. Yeah, because there's no rules, man. I mean, there are, but like not strict box. Go back and watch. You hear, you hear Jim Ross saying, I, "I think that's a takedown, right?" I, maybe. I, like, the, no one, <laughs> no one knew the damn rules. <laughs> and straight boxers, by the way, notoriously don't do well in like an MMA style setting. Like, you gotta have more than that. Not when you can just take them down and beat the crap out of them before, and they can't do anything with their only trained to throw hands. Right. And I'm not saying boxers don't do well in UFC, period. I'm just saying, notoriously, if all they have is boxing, then they're Yeah, we saw that James-Tony fight against Randy Couture. Couture outclassed him. James-Tony's not a a pushover, mind you, but... (laughs) Well, who... uh, It was a... trying to think what... Was it the Rousey that took on somebody who was known for their boxing? Can't remember now. It was some... Kickboxer, yeah. Well, yeah, kickboxing is a little different. People say that's a BS thing, too, but it's like, really? Uh, like, I don't think so. I mean, I, I can't have the guts to a kickboxer, I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. Uh, it's like, I guess if... Because people, uh, people who, like, watch a lot of that, they're like, oh, boxers suck in UFC, kickboxers suck in UFC, and, and uh, people who know straight karate suck. Like, Yeah, I mean, Leona Machida was a piece of crap, you're right. Well, he knew more than just karate, right? Like, didn't he right, know? but he was like the karate guy. Yeah, right. Well, that that's her thing. They're like, if you know just karate, like you're gonna fail. But if you have to kind of diversify, well, it's in the man, title of the sport, mixed. Right, it's literally right I, there for you. Yeah, I feel like that's I feel like that's any style because we talked about the Gracies only knew jujitsu, or was it jujitsu that? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Okay, and they sucked. Like once the, when the rules, I mean, when yeah, when it got regulated and had to fight people in the weight class, right? And they had to. I wouldn't say they sucked, but I would say it showed their weaknesses. Right. You have to you have to diversify your portfolio there in your fighting style. That's why when somebody's taken on a boxer, they frequently go through a lot of boxing training, and, like and learn how to defend. So, but either way, uh, who, the biggest who example the hell... is when Boyce Gracie fought Matt Hughes. Yeah, he was outclassing, oh, dude. Yeah, right. Well, who who the hell did Merrill lose to, by the way? Do you remember? <sighs> no, not top of my head. Steve Blackman. No oh, that. he lost to Steve Blackman. Oh, no shame in that either. Yeah, there you go. Ow. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, it was just boxing and takedowns, so though. You figured he could defend against that, but I guess not. Uh, also... Uh, I guess in hindsight, Doctor Death was probably the favorite because of there's a tough guy he can wrestle, and he's big, like just a big, solid dude. But 
But they Brock is usually have no gas. Right. Brock has finally made his WWF debut and was destroyed, which does his career no favors. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. I love when Jim Ross on that show said, Brock has had as much business in the brawl for all as I do. <laughs> yeah, why was he here? Oh, he's big. Because he, so what? He look, does he look like a Greek god? She has a lot of stone. I don't know. I've said this before. Like, there's this that old saying. It's like, well, you're built for show. I'm built for go. He was built for show because I saw him do a yeah. press slam, and God, he barely got that dude up. He looked like he was struggling, and the dude was like half his size. Like, what the hell, man? Didn't he end up in ECW? He did. Yeah, I oh. think I, I can't remember. I think he might have been the one that they said he was afraid to take a bump, and he had to bring in like a crash mat. Just to just to do bumps in training, and they're like, "Yeah, this ain't gonna work, man." But it was one of them that uh, you know Vince was like, "By God, look at him!" Apparently, his wife was a favorite around the office because they said she was gorgeous and like uh, she worked out with him. And when she came through the office, they're like, "Oh, she was really friendly," and everybody, you know, and, and she was good looking, so everybody liked when she came through. Yeah, well, when you yeah. when you look like Brock, you better look good looking. <laughs> yeah, right. But nobody was forced to enter, and supposedly each man is getting paid an extra five thousand dollars for winning the twenty-five, or for winning, and twenty-five hundred dollars extra for the losers, plus a seventy-five thousand dollar bonus to the tournament winner. In the end, Uncle Dave thinks that the only person who actually has something to lose is Steve Williams, because the whole thing is predicated on the idea that he will win and become a top star and challenger for Steve Austin. So if Williams was to get exposed and beaten, it will kill him dead because this only uh, because because his only marketable trait is that he can be promoted as a legit tough guy. That's uh, true. You know who won the pony? Yeah, right. Yeah, wait, wait. Again, when you know who won the pony on that one, man. I mean, it's something Russo said about it too that no one ever takes into account. It's not like they were getting Doctor Death in his prime. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying, they act like they're, yeah. they they killed like the youngest upcoming star in the business, right? Well, I still feel like they could have got a match out of it. I don't know how many people would have given a damn because it was Doctor Death in '98. But look, I'm going to be real with you. I didn't give a damn about him either. Even if he did win this, I probably wouldn't have cared about him. Right. Sorry, he just never did it for me. And for young kids like me at the time, I was eight when this was, or seven and eight when this is going on. I don't freaking know Doctor Death. I have no frame of reference for Doctor Death. I don't know who he is. Why should I care about this old gruff-looking dude? Like, I don't know. He was he coming sucked. in from the Ric Flair side of things, but he's not Ric Flair. That's the problem. Right. WWF will be have, having a house show next month called Foot Brawl, and it's being held at Foxborough Stadium and will be co-promoted by the New England Patriots. I don't think that ever happens, does it? Do you know? Does it say it on there? Well, I'll get to that here at the end here. But, yeah. by the way, this was... Not the Super Bowl put, champion New England Patriots. Just put no, that out there. Brady's still in uh, Michigan at this point. Go blue. Uh, eat ass. Well, they kicked off the local promotion for uh, for the event by having Vince McMahon versus Steve Austin in an arm wrestling match in front of a crowd of around 3,000 people, uh, leading to Austin throwing Vince into a river. It's kind of funny. Uh, he also threw Doc Hendricks in after him for good measure. But despite <laughs> that's hilarious. But despite all the promotion, ticket sales are slow so far. This all ends up being canceled. There it is. Yeah, I was like, I, I feel like I would remember that. Yeah. So I, th- I you said Fox say... Steel City. That's right. It's not even Gillette yet. That's the old one. It's about to be torn down. 
Yep. I want to say Drew Bledsoe is still their QB at this time. I'm almost certain, yeah. Yeah, so... Because uh, I think he was the only one that or, that they had for a little while before Brady came along, so... I don't know. Either way. Speaking of Steve Austin... Uh, so oh, how did not use that football? Yeah, right. Yeah, Maybe well. Well, now AEW has football field fuckery, so there's that. What's that actually called again? I forget. It's not Anarchy the Arena. Stadium Stampede. Stadium Stampede, yeah. Yep. What the hell did they call it in the arena? It was like uh, Anarchy in the Arena. Anarchy in the Arena. Assholes in the Arena. Good God. Good God. (laughs) Like, why? Because why not? Didn't that get like four stars or something from Uncle Dave? It got five from what you sent me. Was it five? God. Yeah. I have not watched it back. I have zero opinion. It's embarrassing, dude. Not according I'll to Uncle Dave and the AEW I'll say people. this with the... With the, uh, the uh, it's called again. The Dave same stampede. stampede. At least with that, you know, the, the way they film it, it's a little more presentable. This is just embarrassing. A little more presentable. I like that. It is. Uh, you know, that's the way they film Covering it, for like, crap. There's <laughs> just certain angles. And, the, and I, I right. get the criticism, too. It's like, why... Like, if this ends, what, does the referee have a walkie-talkie and tells the other one, it's over, you can stop stop now, it's over. If, if it ends in one room, there's like five rooms of stuff going on. But I don't know, the way yeah. it's, you know, it is a lot better watched than the Anarchy the Arena, I will say that. That last one, actually, I can't even say that last one. All of them have been so effing weird. There was Matt Hardy getting drowned and like where he kept popping up with different gimmicks. Oh, yeah. Came out of the ice what? machine, dressed differently. Yeah. <laughs> There was the one where uh, Road Warrior Buck there kept doing the uh, Northern Light suplex over and over all the way down I the field. I thought that was a testament to his great cardio, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I mean, it was entertaining <laughs> to watch, but I'm like, what the hell? Like, yep. Now, watching Sammy get chased by a golf cart never gets old, by the way. That was, <laughs> that was hilarious. I like the one. Who was it that Hangman was chasing? Was it Sammy again that Hangman chased down with a, with a horse? The horse. I think so, because they became a meme. Like, everyone's lining up to chase Sammy or hit Sammy with something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, Steve Austin's staph infection in his elbow seemed to be getting better, but then started worsening again. So he's on a bunch of meds to fight that off and isn't wrestling on any upcoming shows, although he's still appearing. Yeah, that becomes a thing. If anybody. Yeah, he was wearing that during the first blood match, right? Yes. Uh, If anybody watches, uh, like, yeah, that match specifically. Oh, go listen to our very first ever pod. It's that show, I believe, right? Uh, our very first one was King of the Ring 98. So Yeah, that, that was one? the first yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so in that case. That is correct. He, yes. wears a, he wears a white elbow pad, and people are like, why? Well, that's why, because he had a staph infection in his arm. So, But anyway. I don't know how like people even compete with that, even in pro wrestling. Isn't it, like, highly contagious? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I know it's gross. Like, yeah, you you can get it. So, some people get it from the mat. Like, if the mat is gross, like, ugh, I've heard of that many times. But speaking of that event, by the way, Mankind is out right now due to injuries suffered in the Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker. He Wait, didn't what suffer. Yeah, I wonder why. He didn't suffer any broken bones, but he does have bruised ribs and his mouth is a mess. After Prove that God exists, by the way. Right. No broken uh, bones, just missing tooth. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> he's got bruised ribs and his mouth is a mess after losing three of his teeth and will require dental surgery. 
He hasn't been able to eat solid foods since the match. He also suffered a concussion and a dislocated jaw. Good grief. You know, of all that stuff, I, I bet the dislocated jaw was the worst. Yeah, right. That I heard that injury sucks because you got to have your mouth kind of wired up and like this said, you can't well, eat solid food. Forget that for a second. When, when they replace it, when they place it back out, I bet you for a second. MFR. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want it happening. That's all I know. That call, freaking uh, Jim Ross said to this day, people will walk up to him and be like, "As God is my witness, he's broken in half." I, I don't a, understand that, but I don't. I never understood. As God is my witness, what does, what's that mean? God is his <sighs> witness. Like uh, he's, well, why, he's why is it at not with? I don't know. I, I don't know, man. It, 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 I, God, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a grammar major or anything. I'm just, I just doesn't sound right to me. But whatever. I don't know, but uh, that's that's right up there for me. I mean, yeah, obviously that's his most famous call of all time. But for me, I like somebody had compiled. This, it, it's a compilation of him just going off on Triple H. It's the greatest thing ever. Oh yeah, you sent me that. Yeah, I freaking. You have no heart. <laughs> Right you have now. no heart. You have no soul. You burn in hell. God dang you! <laughs> Just like every week, they're like Triple H. I like the meme where it was like Triple H, Breeze, Jim Ross. God dang you, burn in hell, you <laughs> son of a bitch! <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you black-hearted bastard! <laughs> Damn, dude. Uh, good crap. You break Jim Ross's arm at one point too. Yeah, right. This might have been before that. <laughs> Maybe that's why he broke his arm. Because he's like, well, F you, man. You keep telling me to go to hell every week. Staying with the injuries here, Undertaker's ankle is still a wreck, and he probably needs surgery, but he doesn't want to get it. He had a similar injury a few years ago, floating bone chips, and said that the... I'm going to say the... that's why he missed WrestleMania 10, right? Um, Probably. I don't. He had a laundry list of injuries around that time, so <laughs> it could have been anything. But he did say that the pain from the surgery was actually worse than the pain from the injury, so he'd rather just work through it. Eesh. You know what's uh, crazy? He had that broke that whatever it was single in the Hell in a Cell match, which means he scaled that cage and did all that basically on one foot. Yeah, well, they said that's, that's why. They said that's why when you see him like uh, he drops back into the cage and he kind of like hobbles a little bit. Yeah, they said that's why because his ankle was so effed up. Like, ugh, man. I, well, I, I don't know if I would have been wanting to climb the cell with a damn near broken ankle, but... Never mind climbing it. Come back through it voluntarily. Yeah, right. Uh, dude's a that's trooper, a man. man right there. Yeah, you don't say. Well, that's, um, I think, around the time you were talking about. Uh, it might have been a little after. I don't know. But he had, like, rib problems, and he was just, like, putting on a freaking Kevlar vest every damn night. Like, uh, if I'm that bad off, I don't think I really want to be going out there wrestling, man. That's what Tony Romo did, like, every night for the Cowboys. Seriously? Every time he got hit, every time he got hit, it got worse and worse and worse. God, that sucks. Now he's got a cushy job where he sits in a booth. It's better yeah. than everybody, but yeah. I was going to say, doing better work than he was for the Cowboys. <laughs> right. Like, now he's actually valuable. I have him on my short list of greatest uh, color guys of all time. He's amazing. <laughs> Hey, the best compliment I could say about him is when I see that he's announcing a game, I don't go, ah, oh, him. Yeah, right. Uh, more than I can say for certain uh, a certain former wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. But either way. Collins worthless. Yeah. Uh, Triple H is missing some show or missed some shows last week while he was out filming an episode of Pacific Blue. Could have said wow. anybody that remembers that show. Throwback. 
right? Uh, WWF is also trying to get the USA Network to use Edge in one of its TV shows. I think they do. I think he was in a show, but I don't remember what the show was off the top of my head. So, yeah. I know The Undertaker was in Poltergeist the series, which had nothing to do with the movies. That makes no sense. I know. It doesn't go with his character whatsoever. Horribly cast. Anyway. His poor job. WWF still has boxer Butterbean signed to a contract for one more match. And it's expected that he will team with Sable at SummerSlam against Mark Marrow and Jacqueline. Uh, well, for... well! <laughs> not quite. Or, well, I guess it sets up for this one, too. Incorrect. It's actually, actually going to be Edge. We just mentioned him. Yeah, right. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, that one made no sense. I was like, why? Bro, they're both flawed, bro. Yeah, right. Bro, one's Canadian, one has big boobs. Perfect. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of SummerSlam, it will be subtitled Highway to Hell, and they've already gotten the rights to the ACDC song of the same name, and we'll use it in all the promotion. Well, I guess that that sets up That was one of the greatest theme songs of all time, in my opinion, for a pay-per-view. That is correct. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah, Also, that entrance way... I know Pritchard said there was reasons why he hated it, but I thought it was great coming through the gates was, of hell. Right. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I totally get why he hated it from a production standpoint, but setting up an MSG back in the day was uh, weird, man. Always a small little entranceway, right? They never yeah. took up any more seats than they had to. Except yeah, for uh, WrestleMania 20. Yeah, yeah they, weird. That one they finally gave up and they set it up for WrestleMania 20 the other way. Uh, and then, do you remember there was an episode of Raw where they had like old school way too with no stage, just coming out of the door like that? Maybe I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I do remember the Ring of Honor uh, New Japan show that was in MSG. Didn't they set it up like the ramp going the, the normal way, not the short little entry? They way? they did have a ramp, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I mean, they gave up a few seats. That but, was the know, night that set on top of the famous tunnel, which I thought was cool. Yeah, hey. So I still brag right about there. this day. Yep. Uh, this one's a little weird, but... Hey, do you know who's come out of this damn tunnel? John Cena. Hogan, Ali. Right, this yeah. goes on, man. Yep. This story's a little weird, but let's get into it. The DX parody of The Nation of Domination aired this past week on Raw. And you cannot find it anywhere now on Peacock. <laughs> yeah, no, not on Peacock. Yeah, I have my ways, but... Not like I'm jonesing to watch this again, but either way, the line about Mark Henry eating shit was actually a reference to something that happened a few years ago. When Henry first signed, a lot of people resented his big 10-year contract, and uh, he had an attitude of not wanting to learn. So someone pulled a rib on him by putting a real turd in his sandwich, and Henry ended up taking a bite of it. That's so gross. How, like... How mature are you? Well, I'm gonna poop in a sandwich. What? Where does? Who, why does your do mind know, go to that? Do we know who it was? Uh, I don't think so. I well, think he signed Xbox, in '95, right? So yeah, you saw yeah. from the click. That'd be my first guess, but it really could be anybody. I remember Henry, Henry Godwin. <laughs> Maybe. So somebody from uh, the Bone Street Crew. <laughs> 
I, I, I do remember X-Pac talking about Sable got pooped in her bag. And uh, X-Pac said, I did it, but it was not my poop. Good like, Lord. Like, that makes it worse. He said, I'm not going to say who it was. He is like, oh, yeah, I don't want to name names now because, you know, that's important. But he said somebody crapped in a, a cup and he ran it to the bag. Like, wow. so it's it's a what is, what is that where you pass the baton in the race? What is that? A, a relay race. Relay. A, re, a relay race of poop. <laughs> like, what? Why is this a thing, man? Oh, we don't like you. You're going to get crap in your bag. Like, no. Like, uh, I did it, but it wasn't mine. There's an episode of Two and a Half Men where Jake did something like that. He's like, I can't believe you scored her, that girl with the water gun. Yeah, but it wasn't my pee. <laughs> oh, well then. <laughs> Makes it better. <sighs> That's effing gross, man. Dude, but, yeah, you know, look, it, it worked out for Mark Henry. He gets paid a lot of money out of appear on a show that nobody watches to say, it's time for the main event. God. <laughs> That's his claim to fame right now. Just freaking saying that. It looks like there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event. Oh, well then. So a lawsuit filed against WWF and against LOD member Hawk and Dennis Knight, formerly Phineas I. Godwin, a.k.a. Pig. Of course, course, Pig. Right. Over an incident at a house show a while back where they brawled into the crowd and two teenage girls were injured when the guardrail collapsed on them. We never hear anything about this, so let's just assume that it was settled out of court and the girls walked away with a lot of money. Sorry, give me some more context to this. Were they fighting the crowd? Is that what you said? Or? Yeah, I guess they were brawling in the crowd and then they, I don't know if they fell into the guardrail or whatever, but isn't there like something on the ticket that basically says, like, you kind of assume you're, you know, the risk? Uh, I think so. Like, I'm not responsible like, stuff. Like, right, Kane's Pyro that... once gave me, like, severe, like, not burns, but, like, like a sunburn kind of thing. I didn't go wow. sue anybody. <laughs> I remember specifically, because my dad used to go to all the, if anybody remembers, Cleveland never used to have an arena before the Gund Arena. It was in uh, Richfield. It was the Richfield Coliseum. A lot of WWF shows happened there. Uh, Richfield is Yeah, like, the first ever Sorry series, I want to say. Yeah, right. Um, or was if, it the Royal Rumble? I believe it was the Sorry series. Uh, yeah, I think... I want to say it's Survivor Series, but I, I can't remember off the top. Uh, Royal Rumble took place in uh, Canada. The, the okay, then it, was, then it was a Survivor Series. Yeah. So it, it was like a, it was kind of like when they go to the Palace of Auburn Hills. It's like, it's not in Detroit. It's like, you know, outside. Like, that's what Richard yeah, was. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that the Pontiac Silverdome, the name of the city is in the damn name of the building, but. <laughs> right, yeah. Not Detroit. Like, yeah, not Detroit, yeah. That would have been anyway. on my damn bucket list for SummerSlam, by the way, if it was still there. We can go yeah. see the Amazon Center. That is it now. But, yeah. but uh, my dad said when he used to go to those shows back in the day, he said printed on the ticket was like, uh, you know, something along the lines of like, if the uh, you legally cannot put your hands on the wrestlers, but if they put their hands on you, like you, you kind of assume the risk or something like that. So, I don't know. Apparently it uh, wasn't that airtight. So it's a fine print everywhere. Yep. We're getting into the uh, Japanese side of things here. I just like how it's Hawk and, and Phineas. Yeah, freaking random. I don't random. think I guess those two. But <laughs> <laughs> right. But going to Japan for a story here. 
Stan Hansen, arguably the most popular foreign star to ever work in Japan, hasn't been booked on the last two All Japan Pro Wrestling Tours. Hansen turns 49 next month, and despite being one of their top stars since the late 1970s, it's clear that the company has been phasing him out. Reportedly, Hansen tried to negotiate with New Japan Pro Wrestling a while back, but they weren't interested because of his age and because they didn't really think that he'd be a good fit for New Japan. Giant Baba learned of the negotiations and basically hasn't booked Hansen on an All Japan tour ever since. Hansen does end up returning about a month later and then stays with All Japan until retiring in 2000. Well, rumor has it, like, uh, when he didn't get signed, he started telling everybody to have tiny wingers. Well, he is in Japan, so... Uh, I didn't say it. Mine was just a line <laughs> from a movie. You went all there with it. But. <laughs> Come on, everybody. It's a joke, people. Like, Don't at me. Send, send your letters in, in purple crayon. I'll find them. Anyway. Well, actually. But in Memphis Power Pro, real name. MPP. They, they held a big outdoors show in Memphis and brought in Giant Silva. From the WWF and tried to oh, crown him. Not Jerry Lawler. Okay. Well, they tried to hold on to that one. They tried to crown him as the new king, which of course led to Jerry Lawler showing up to defend his crown. God. Yeah. That yeah, was probably I, ass. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because <laughs> you know, when I think King of Memphis, Giant Silva cracks the top 100. Actually, my also, top two. What are you talking about? All three. It was Jerry Lawler, yeah. and then him. Well, exactly. But it also led to Lawler's girlfriend, Stacey Carter, running out. And, and of course, she's wearing a short skirt and took a few bumps to make sure that everyone got to see everything. You are doing very well, Jerry. You have learned my wealth. That's how you do it in ECW. Make sure you pull the skirt up and show everyone. <laughs> Freaking god man Like really That's literally all she was good for I didn't complain Yeah right But anyway uh, Sid Vicious no showed another indie booking No I, know, I, I was shocked too I mean this is softball season So <laughs> you kind of get what you ask for <laughs> I personally don't feel sorry for them like I said, it's softball season, they know what he's about. So. Yeah, at some point, it's not entirely his fault. Right, yeah. It's like, dude, come on. That's like you said, it's like when you give a monkey a shotgun and he or a machine gun and he starts killing people, you blame the you monkey? Blame the monkey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, like when you put a bunch of chimpanzees in a in a room with typewriters, and then you get the se- series finale of Lost. Is it their <laughs> fault that it sucks? <laughs> Never watched anyway. that show, but man, I've heard nothing but crap about that ending. <laughs> yeah, because like they they book themselves well, to use a wrestling term, they book themselves into a corner, and then they're like, "God dang, we got to wrap this thing up." You know what? That, spoiler for a show that ended like twenty years ago. It's like you know what. They're all dead. They're, you know, this isn't real. Rumor, well, has then. It called, rumor has it they called an M. Night Shyamalan for that ending. I, I can't confirm that, though. But. Yeah. yeah, the twist ending is it sucked. There I was going to ask you, I guess you kind of told me with that, if they set it up for a spinoff for anybody, but... Yeah, well... I, I assume that's a hard no. Yeah, no. Last story I got here, though. 
Sandman missed a few recent ECW shows because his wife went into premature labor a month early, giving birth to a baby boy named Austin. Oh, man, that so, Yeah. Did, he, did the kid live? I'm assuming. It doesn't say that he, well, I hope he, he did, did survive. So, yeah. Uh, but I wonder if, well, this was uh, a little bit, about a year before she was taking gores to tables. <laughs> so If that kid knew the daddy was coming out too early, he probably would have tried to stay in there forever. <laughs> He's like, I'm oh, going you know to what? Like, I'll cook a little bit longer. It's fine. <laughs> He's like, you know what, son? I think it's time you had your first beer. He's like, I'm five. Yeah, I know. A few years late. That's on me. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We'll save your first cigarette for next year. All right. <laughs> anyway. I've heard from many people that have met him. He's actually a really cool guy. Yeah, depending on what uh, what stage of drunk he's in, sure. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that takes us into our next break. On the other end of this, we're going to dive into the event at hand, finally. I know this is what you've all been waiting for. <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll be back diving into Bash at the Beach 98. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back and we're back it's wcw nwo bash the beach 1998 took place july 12th 1998 there are two taglines for this one it's like skinny dipping in the shark tank and somebody's going down. Right. Those both suck. You don't say. Like skinny <laughs> dipping in the shark tank. Uh, okay. This took place in the... Ready for this? In the Cox Arena in San Diego, California. Gig. Yeah. 
I believe it's still the only arena in San Diego. I believe they don't have anything else. They don't have Chargers anymore. They have nothing there. Yeah, right. Dude, when you're so bad, you lose the Chargers. Like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody gives a damn about San Diego. That sucks for them. They are what? Mexico's hat? (laughs) Good God. Basically. That's like uh, all these people in like uh, St. Louis complaining. Oh, they stole our football teams. Like nobody gives a damn about St. Louis. Shut the well, up. Let me up. tell you something about St. Louis's football team. They went to L.A. They won the Super Bowl. Uh, and yeah, then right. and then you know how many people show up to the parade? Like 100 people. That's no BS. Go look it on YouTube. Yeah. Nobody. More people showed up to celebrate. More people showed up to celebrate the Bengals going to the Super Bowl than showed up to watch the Rams win the Super Bowl. Yeah, about as many people showed up for that as they did for uh, the last winners of the WNBA tournament. Yeah, right. So that should tell you something right there. Either way, the attendance for this one was 10,095 with a pay-per-view buy rate of 1.50, which amounted to 600,000 buys. So all in all, pretty good. Uh, So we opened the show with Pyro going off on that beach set. They always had like a beach set up on the stage for the show. I liked it. I, I wish they would still keep doing stuff like this, but uh, you know, I was playing last night, by the way, I was playing, uh, was it WCW mayhem? I think that, that sets in there. Oh, really? I yeah. Huh? I, I owned WCW mayhem. I remember that one. I had Goldberg. Uh, on the cover. Kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a forgotten game. I'm not going to say classic, but it was good. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. I, I enjoyed it. Thought it was fun, but Either way, we now go to Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, and Bobby Heenan, all wearing Hawaiian shirts. Good God. Like, they they look like, you know, the middle-aged dad that's like, I'm on my second honeymoon when they're on a cruise or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, Every sitcom prob- ever when they went to Hawaii or something. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, just turn on an episode of Full House. There you go. But now we go to our first match of the evening. It is Saturn versus Raven with Lodi and Riggs in his corner. It is a Raven's Rules match that goes 10 minutes, 40 seconds. You, you ever notice that nobody ever, ever explained what Raven's Rules was? Uh, that's true. We were supposed to just accept the fact that it was new DQ. That's it. That's what it is. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I never thought about that until just now, but yeah, you're right. We get a jump start in the aisle as Saturn attacks Raven. The flock clearly gets in, uh, gets involved multiple times. The ref eats a flying boot to the face. In the face! In the face! <laughs> uh, either way, uh, he gets bumped. Saturn lays Raven on it. I'm going to try to paint a picture for everybody here because this is a little impressive, I must say. So there's a table outside of the ring. Saturn lays Raven on it. Then he stacks another table on top of him, and he jumps off the top rope as Canyon runs out and pulls Raven off the table. And then somehow, Saturn dives between the tables and hits straight concrete. Yeah. I, was I thought impressive. he was dead. <laughs> right, yeah. If this was, like, live, I would have been like, dude's dead. Like, check on him, man. Throw up the X. But Canyon then brings Raven in the ring and he teases like he's with Raven right before hitting a flatliner on the open chair. Riggs, this is pre Russo, by the way, so the swerve run would get it. Yeah, right. Swerve this, whole, this whole thing made no sense building up to it. Like Canyon was with them, then he wasn't with them, then he was with them. And he was never part of the flock, but he was with Raven, if that makes any sense. But I, I never got it. 
Did anything involving Canyon ever make sense? No. Look, looking back at his career, Mortis, this, anything he did with DDP, I, the Buff Bagwell stuff. I mean, come on. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's just getting crippled by throwing off the cage. God, the same arena yeah. Owen Hart was, uh, died in. That was brilliant. So. Yeah. Right. <sighs> but anyway, uh, Riggs then tries to get involved again. Raven drops Saturn with an even flow and wins. Sure. One of the best DTs ever, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the one thing everybody compliments Raven on is the way he did it. I'd say it goes Jake the Snake, him, and then Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson's was like a just a quick, he just like drops straight down. And yeah, for that reason, I might, I might throw the rock in there, too, because he does the same thing like Arn Anderson. Yeah, the rock. Yeah, the rocks was pretty cool. But either way, Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I give it an even two. It was meh. What say you? I gave it two. Also boring enough to be a one. I'll give it that. Right. That's a backhanded it, compliment if I ever had one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was something, man. I'll I'll say. It wasn't the worst match I've ever seen on this. I haven't seen on this card, but. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit. Faint praise. And I don't want to crap on the deceased, by the way, but we'll get to it. Oh, man. Yeah, well... I think you know what I'm talking about. I think you might agree with me. Probably. But Mean Gene Okerlund calls Eddie Guerrero out onto the stage for an interview. Gene says that Eddie... To an unusual pop, mind you. (laughs) He's like, he's healed this time. (laughs) Yep. And he comes out and, like, flips a double bird to the crowd. Like, the hell? I don't need your cheers, Bato. But uh, Gene says that Eddie forcing Chavo to face Stevie Ray before their hair versus hair match is an unfair advantage. Eddie says that Chavo is loco and he's going to shave his head tonight and send him running back to mama. <laughs> Isn't that kind of uncle abuse? Uh, right back to mama. Wouldn't that be uh, his aunt? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the uh, Eddie's sister-in-law. Sister-in-law. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But then I, he always, gets this. I always think of them as cousins. I always forget this as nephew, right? Yeah, it's weird because there's not much just, of an age difference between yeah, them. So, yeah. Like I said the same thing with Matt Bentley and Shawn Michaels. Like, they're cousins, really? That's not his nephew? Okay. Yeah. Oh, are they? Oh, I thought it was his nephew. Pretty sure uh, it's cousin. Yeah, uh, you might be right. Uh, but then we go to this. Uh, speaking of the Ravens flock, it is Kidman with Lodi in his corner. Because you He's know, got you the whole any- seven-year itch going, by the way. Yep. If you want anybody backing you up, it's got to be Lodi. Oh, God. Uh, Looks like a hardcore meth head. And then he would end up marrying Tori Wilson. <laughs> yeah, right. And you look like uh, you look like you showed up at a Nirvana concert and people were like, whoa, man, calm down. <laughs> so serious, I, mean, I hate my dad issues. Yeah, it's like I just feel the teenage angst coming off of you. But anyway. I am, I am. I hate my father. <laughs> But Kidman is taking on Juventud Guerrera. This goes just shy of 10 minutes. In the end, Hoovy knocks Kidman down in the corner and hits the 450 splash for Lewin. Uncle Dave gave this four stars. I give it three. Let's say you. I gave it three as well. Dude, do, do, do I got to bring this back up? Wasn't there a show we covered where he said Juventud was the best wrestler in the world at this point? Yeah. It was either so there you go. the next year. There right? you go. Four effing stars. Like, they did a good job, but Again, calm down. Oh, Kidman did a good job. <laughs> I like Hoovy. I thought Hoovy did well. Oh, I, 
Yeah, I don't know. I I, I always thought Hoovy was was pretty good, but I don't know. Apparently, he was careless as f. But which I mean, I, I didn't know that as a kid. Like looking back, it's like mm, yeah, I could see that. But we now see a video footage of Conan on WCWWrestling.com being interviewed by Lee Marshall. I'm sure that interview was... What? <laughs> so, by the way, WCWWrestling.com, isn't that like saying ATM machine? Yep. That's funny, and across the Spider-Verse, that becomes a thing. The ATM machine. Yeah. Which, uh, if you haven't I'll... seen it, yet, get your ass to theater and watch it. I still haven't seen it. I want to. I might go to the drive-in, actually, and watch that. Hella old school. But anyway, uh, up next, we get Stevie Ray taking on Chavo Guerrero Jr. This goes a minute and a half. Chavo comes out with a floaty around his waist and shooting a water gun into the crowd. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, Ch- well, oh, yeah, because the hobby horse was an upgrade. But... Uh, uh, Chavo grabs a mic and dedicates this match to his favorite wrestler, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> you know, I sense some sarcasm in that. Right. Chavo shakes Stevie's hand, pretends like it's being squeezed, and then instantly Steve submits. Effing Ray. <laughs> and he instantly submits to end the match. So, kind of outsmarted Eddie there. Eddie is furious and storms into the ring after yelling at Stevie Ray. By the way, I didn't rate this. I assume you didn't either because it wasn't a real match. I just dropped a one on it. But. Yeah, Uncle Dave and I didn't rate this, so there you go. But up next, it is Chavo Guerrero Jr. taking on Eddie Guerrero in a hair versus hair match. This goes about 12 minutes. So This whole thing makes no sense. I mean, I, I, mean, I always feel like a hair versus hair match usually where at least one of the guys is like a big hair guy. I mean, look at that effing mullet on Eddie, man. Oh. I mean, it was. It, this is kind of the caliber of like Edge versus Kurt Angle on hair versus hair. Like, it only really matters to one of them. The other guy is like got a buzz cut, so it's like who cares? But either way, I mean, I'm just assuming not to spoil it, but I'm just assuming Chavo got sick of the balding. Yeah, right. Well, that's what the ball, uh, the the Bosleys was four years later. <laughs> but first line I have here: Chavo bites Eddie's ass multiple times. Which is quite weird. Yep. Like, why? Because F you. Sure, that Uncle, I think I want to bite your ass. That doesn't sound weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, F you bites Uncle's ass. Just sounds like a, something weird you'd find on the internet. Let me uh, pull out a cornetism here. I wish we had a soundbite for this. Who's the fucking heel? Who am I cheering for here? <laughs> I'm going to assume Eddie's the, the big na- nasty heel here, but like, you're biting but his ass, you- man. If you didn't know any better, you watched this, would you think he was a heel? Like, hearing that reaction? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. And the way this ends, again, not to jump to the end, but doesn't seem like the, the cocky heels, like, screw it, whatever. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, because... I, I mean, like, who am I cheering for? It's, this is a mess. Chavo, from right. Street. Chavo ends up grabbing the scissors at one point and gets distracted, so Eddie rolls him up and pins him to win. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it an even three. What say you? I gave it three. I, I, I really liked it. It was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, but Eddie sets a chair up in the middle of the ring now and demands that Chavo sit down and be shaved. <laughs> uh, Chavo takes the clippers from Eddie and shaves his own head. Eddie runs away, weirded out by all of this. He's just going uh, nuts, man. Yeah. 
And then, and, uh, and, uh, to my knowledge, they never really follow up on why he snapped. Uh, no, he's just he, he's just uh, in that case. So we go back to commentary for a while here before finally going to the next match. It is Disco Inferno with Alex Wright taking on Conan with Boogie Kevin Nash and Lex Luger. This match goes two minutes sixteen seconds because way too F long. You, that's why. <laughs> I was like, really? Like, what the hell, man? Not that I was jonesing for this. You wanted but... more disco? Hey, I, I don't dislike disco. So, I don't know. I was just like, okay. Why... We'll get into what actually on, happened. Dude, but... Ash and disco is like oil and water, dude. I like them both. Yeah. No. Well, Alex, uh, Alex Wright comes out and grabs the mic before the match and says something in German. So, yeah. you stupid Americans. I was going to say, it was probably something naughty, but, you know, we're, we're not going to get into that. Uh, uh, Disco well, then takes some... We'll our date later. Uh, Disco Inferno and then, then when takes I wake the up, mic. I'll tell you what she said. Uh, Disco Inferno then takes the mic and mocks Conan's opening spiel. Uh, I love how this, this match right here justified an appearance by Kevin Nash and Lex Luger. Like, why did you yeah. guys have to come out for this? Remember that uh, Star Cave where Macho Man was with the B team all night? You kept getting pissed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but this makes no sense. It makes Macho Man look like shit. But Nash and Conan talk for a bit on the mic. All of this, by the way, was longer than the match itself. Luger randomly locks right in the torture rack outside of the mat or outside of the ring. Uh, and then Jack. I don't know uh, why I was laughing at that so hard. It was like he's just like dancing, minding his own damn business, and then Luger comes up and torture racks him. Like, what an asshole. Then Nash comes in the ring and jackknives Disco behind the ref's back because, you know, it's got to be three on one here. To beat Disco. Right. <laughs> and then Conan locks Disco in the Tequila Sunrise for the win. Oh, man. Uh, and then Disco would be putting Conan over for the rest of his life. But Uncle Dave. The very day of recording this pod. Uncle Dave gave this a quarter of a star. I gave it a half a star. Let's say you. I gave it one. Suck. Sucks, yeah, but entertaining. Uh, the mic stuff was, but I was just like, why? Why did any of this happen? It took, it took three men to be just going for it. Yeah, well, well you That's had to have. And Nash. <laughs> I was going to say, you had, you had to have three guys because one of them had to watch out for Alex Wright, man, because he was a big threat on the outside of the ring doing his little weird ass dance. But even though this match sucked and this whole segment was like, whatever Wolfpack was incredibly over and this crowd was hot as hell for him. So I might argue their song was over as hell too. Oh yeah. As soon as you heard that wolf howl, everybody was like, hell yeah. Dude, there's like, there's this black dude in the front row, just like having the time of his life, man. He's, he's, his body is ready for the Wolfpack, man. I don't think, you know, it's funny. You know, they, they They've always been inaccurately, accurately accused of milking the NWO dry. Do you realize they didn't really do much of the Wolfpack? If you really think about it, yeah, like, they, they were, did not go as far with them as they could have. Yeah, I feel the like, moment as that a, group gets the title, they become the NWO elite. Right. Yeah, I, like as a kid, I didn't think about this, but it's like looking back at these shows, I'm like, the Wolfpack was just kind of there to f around. Like, yeah, they, they didn't really do anything. They were just like. Yeah, we're the NWO, kinda, but we're also we're cool. like, yeah, like you and all love were. us, right? <laughs> yeah, right. 
I don't know. But either way, uh, up next, it is the Giant taking on Kevin Green. Remember, goes, remember I was talking about the worst match of the night? <laughs> <laughs> eh, it was, eh, it was, yeah. I'm not counting that last one because I'm, that wasn't really a match. Like you said, they were goofing around, but right. this one was an actual match. This one was about seven minutes. Ah, you know what? This was like played up on TV, like a big thing. And then you get to the show and it's like, oh yeah, we got this match to get through. Really? But and, and, until you said it earlier, before we started, before when we started recording, I didn't realize there were three athletes on this show that weren't wrestlers. That is correct. There we go. <laughs> but I will say this. This was better than I thought it would be because I thought it was just going to be straight ass. But in the end, Giant hits the choke slam for the win. You know, they, days, they say you should always stick with your initial uh, instinct because it's usually the correct one. <laughs> Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I actually gave it two. I graded it on a curve because, again, Clearly. Green is not a wrestler. Uh, what what do you give it? One. Yeah, I figured as much. With, I mean, Kevin Green reminds me it. of like a, another version of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I just don't think that. Lee Marshall is interviewing Kurt Hennig about Goldberg for WCWWrestling.com. <sighs> we now get a World recap. WrestlingWrestling.com. <laughs> yep. We now get a recap of Dean Malenko losing his cool on Chris Jericho back on Nitro and thus losing his cruiserweight title match tonight. Chris Jericho now comes out wearing a, a freaking top hat carrying a cane and says he's going to do a little soft shoe routine for the crowd. Well, joy. Uh, however, he's interrupted by Jojo Dillon. Dillon says that he misjudged Jericho initially, and he knows that the crowd wants to see Jericho defend his title. He says he found someone willing to take the match on short notice, and the guy is a local talent that hasn't wrestled <laughs> in over six months. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not. Jericho asks for this to remain a no disqualification match, and Dylan agrees. Rey Mysterio's music hits now, and the pop is non existent. I'm like, wow. Um, in San Diego, he's making his big return. Nobody gave a Damn. Well, he didn't pimp San Diego hard back then, as of where he was from. I think it was more like he's the guy from Mexico. Yeah, but even then, it's like, really? Nobody gave a damn about Rey Mysterio? Kind of sad. He just kind of comes out in the crowd, just like, ah! I just yay. find it funny, the whole, he was from San Diego, but Eddie Guerrero from Texas got a bigger reaction. Yeah, right. But this one is Chris Jericho defending the cruiserweight title against Rey Mysterio Jr. in a no-disqualification match. It goes six minutes. These two brawl all over, up on the stage, back down to the ring. Dean Malenko comes to the ring at one point to distract Jericho, allowing Ray to roll him up and win the cruiserweight title. Uncle Dave gave this two and three-quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. It was average for these two. What say you? I gave it two. I was like, man, we seem way better. Yeah, I was very underwhelmed with this. It just, eh, it, it was okay. But... Anyway, Chris Jericho runs off to the back, being, to the chased, back. By, being chased by Dean Malenko. Jericho accidentally runs into Arn Anderson and is held up. So this allows Dean Malenko to catch up with him and beat Jericho down. <laughs> oh, man. This was uh, fun. I don't know what the conclusion of this feud was, by the way. I don't remember. 
But up next, it is Booker T defending the world television title against Bret Hart in eight and a half minutes. I know what you're all thinking. How could this be bad? Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> so I will say this right well, away. I mean, it, it's not going to be good when there's no buildup or I just, it doesn't even have to have buildup. Put these two into a cold match. It should be great. But, well, they threw him in a cold match, all right. Yes, that's for sure. But it's weird to see Bret Hart come out to the NWO theme. Just and never, like, he just looks so out of place. Right. This will never not be awkward for me. It's like really. Like, Remember, at this okay. point, he's still never worn an NWO shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and after he like he's made it known that he hates Hulk Hogan and all this other stuff, and then it's like he's joining up with him. <laughs> okay, but either way, uh, Brooker starts to dominate towards the end of this one, and Brett just hauls off and hits him with a chair, getting disqualified. What a waste! Uncle Dave gave this two and three quarter stars. I gave it two. I thought it sucked. Let's say you. I gave it one because I thought it was horrible. The last time you ever gave like less than two stars of either one of these guys' matches, let alone right. together. I know. Like I said, I don't even care that it's just a cold match. It's like it's it's Booker T and Bret Hart in a title match, and it sucks on pay per view. Yeah, like it, it that has all the makings of a classic. I mean, the booking sucked, but even then, it's like these two should be able to overcome that. Bro, I don't get it. Me, I wasn't even there, bro. I will say this. I love Booker T, but sometimes it really came down to if he had the right dance partner or not. And the right dance partner didn't necessarily have to be really good. It just like you and I talked about his matches with the Undertaker just never seemed to click. So now in the archives, Judgment Day 04. Yeah. But after the match, Bret Hart takes a chair to Booker T's legs and then locks in the figure four around the ring post. D.B. Ray casually walks down and just stares at Bret Hart, getting him to walk away. Stevie and Ray. Yeah, and if there's somebody you don't f*** with, it's Stevie Ray. No, that, that guy's uh, watching the audience right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man. Well, either way, Stevie checks on uh, Booker and helps him to the back. To the back! To the back! Isn't Stevie in the NWO at this point? I don't know if he's in there right now, but it's certainly coming because he's going to be in the war games with them. So, yeah, so I, th- I think he is. So maybe that's why he didn't like rush down and start beating up Brett. He just kind of like gave him a glare and, you know, it was like, hey, back up. But I don't know. We now get a video recap of Goldberg winning the WCW world title on Nitro. Just to remind everybody going into this title match and all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, match oh, yeah. In the middle of the card, by the way, in a really cold spot. Yeah, mm. this is what would be known as the let em up match. But, nope. We get this. It is Goldberg defending the WCW World Heavyweight title against Kurt Hennig in three minutes and 50 seconds. God dang. Goldberg is already bleeding from, a, from headbutting a damn door backstage, I assume. Go figure. Goldberg makes short work of Hennig, letting us know that Hennig is in no way a world title contender, and this match <laughs> should have been on Nitro. Oh, man. Uh, uh, Uncle Dave gave this ah star. I gave it a star and a half. Let's see you. 
Yeah, I gave it a star. Now you like, get some context to what Ole Anderson meant. He lost this guy on TV. What good do you mean now? Now you get some context to that, huh? Yeah. Well, suddenly, right. all of a sudden, you start seeing it. My thing, like, I I get, well, he just won the world title, and he's at the top of the company. He's the most over. I got to keep him strong. I get that. Man, you just buried Kurt Hennig, man. Like, who, get, who could possibly give a damn about Kurt Hennig after this? I guess maybe they just given up on him at this point. It's like, yeah, we're going to use you to put people over and, you know, whatever. That's kind of your spot now. Gatekeeper. Yep. He's in the Dolph Ziggler spot. Literally. Yeah, or maybe Dolph Ziggler's in the Kurt Hennig spot. I don't know. <laughs> One of them. Either way. Uh, so let's take our second to last break. When we come back, main event time. No, the world title match was not main event. We got one more right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah? Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Unfortunately. <laughs> they really got their money out of Michael Buffer tonight because they're having him announce the last two matches instead of just the main event. You know, I was wondering, do you think they pay him for per match? Because he always did just the main events. Uh, always like per appearance. Know do all this i feel like it's like they just pay him per appearance but i i don't know how that works like a buffer apparently costs an arm and a damn leg so whatever but yeah, according I, to many people he's not as good as bruce uh, i'd agree with I, that i mean have, have i'm on the fence s- but oh go you said you're on the fence yeah but i i do love bruce buffer i think he brings a certain energy to fights I feel like Bruce knows what he's talking about. Michael will just be like, give me the piece of paper and I'll say it. Well, at Royal Rumble night, uh, 2008, when he introduced Shawn Michaels as HBK, the heartbreak kid, that's all he called him. Like, yeah. clearly, he's just not knowledgeable of stuff. Yeah, it's just a payday. He didn't get like, he call him Shawn Michaels. That, that really, to this day, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I always thought, I was like, he just doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Like if you honestly sit and listen to some of the announcements he made, uh, for like in WCW, some of them were just like, dude, what the hell are you even saying, man? 
I will never get over, and like like we said, we got to put this one on the docket for, I, I swear it was the finger poke of doom. When he's announcing Kevin Nash, he's like, uh, uh, oh, he hails from Detroit, Michigan, but his accolades make him a citizen of the world. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Wouldn't that be like he... Mother Teresa or something, doing great stuff for everybody? Uh, no, dude, winning the world title. Okay. Yeah. That just, yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, like, if you call Mother Teresa a citizen of the world, that place, and no disrespect because I love Nash, but no. <laughs> yeah, I don't freaking get it. It's just like, okay. This match is Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Rodman with the Disciple, because of course he's there, taking on DDP and Carl Malone. This goes 23 minutes, seven seconds. Yep, Rodzilla versus the Mailman. In the end, Hogan ate a diamond cutter from DDP, and Rodman ate one from Malone. Uh, Malone tries pinning Rodman, and the ref is distracted, telling him that they're not the legal men. (sighs) This allows the Disciple to hit the apocalypse on DDP, allowing Which he totally stole from Disco Inferno, by the way. That's the chart breaker. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, there, Disco did say, management came to him and said, hey, uh, Le- Ed Leslie's going to start doing that move. you got to pick a new one. He's like, this is my move. I've been doing it for a while. And they're like, yeah, well, not anymore. Yeah. Well, hey, can we can we get this in for once? Like, So the disciple comes in and does the, the apocalypse. So we remind everybody that the big star is on the other channel. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not like Disco Inferno doing it. It's like, you know, whatever. Like, this is a guy in the main event. Like, they're trying to make it seem like he matters. And then that. Uh, okay. And for anybody who's been watching for a long time, they, you know, that's an actual WCW fan, they're like, why is this guy in the main event doing the mid-carters move? Uh, you, might not, you might not believe when I tell you this, but I was not until like 16, 17 years old when I learned that that was actually Brutus TFB fake. <laughs> I love that. Uh, he looks yeah, so man. different. I know, dude. I I'm in the same boat with you. I I'm right there. I as a kid, I had no idea. I found out later that was Bruce Beefcake. And I'm like, wait, what? Even little Nitro when Piper says it, and I I guess I just missed it completely. Yeah, I mean, in our defense, he's got a big beard, which he'd never had before. Uh, he had a somewhat different hairstyle. He had a big bandana and wore, always wore sunglasses. So and he a tan looked, too. A thick, yeah, right. I mean, a bright. Uh, sorry, dark dark tan. And right. I don't, I never heard this, but I'm not, I'm not alleging anything, but he was a lot physically bigger as the, as the disciple too. He was not very in anything. shape here. Yeah. Right. I mean, he was never like really out of shape, but yeah, he was very like toned here. So I don't, I don't say he was bulkier. I think he was more toned. Definitely. He looked yeah. about the same size. Well, bulkier from what I mean was like bigger than say the booty man or the, <laughs> the, what was that idiot's name in the Legend of Doom? The Zodiac. Uh, Zodiac, yeah. Right. Who I have a Mattel figure of. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, his it, the, his move was the stunner, if anybody doesn't remember. It was called the Apocalypse. Sure. But either way, he comes in the ring behind the ref's back, hits the Apocalypse on DDP, and allows Hogan to effing pin him to get the win. Why? Because f- you, that's why. <laughs> The ending of this absolutely effing sucked, but it was overall better than I expected. 
Uh, Uncle Dave gave it negative star and a half, or no, sorry, negative star and a quarter. I gave it, I gave it two stars. I for two basketball players being in it, it could have been worse. What say you? I gave it two, and my only note for that was, and DDP and Hogan were trying. Then. <laughs> oh man, right? Carl uh, Malone could do a body slam. So and and the diamond cutter. So there's that. I if you go, I mean, in watching this, I just felt like Malone wanted to be there more than Rodman did. Did you get that feeling? Yeah, I don't like. I feel like Rodman was like, "Hey, it's a paycheck." And normally yeah, he, he was, was there like having Rodman fun. Rodman was going like the check already cleared. Malone was going as if he didn't go, the check wouldn't clear. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> Well, after the match, Carl Malone drops the disciple with a diamond cutter. <laughs> he had to eat one, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> the referee, That's why he got his mom in the sun so he could eat the <laughs> eat the move from the basketball player. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was thinking about that just now. <laughs> well, then yeah. when the referee tries telling him off, uh, Malone hits a diamond cutter on the ref as well, who, by the way, was Little Nate. <sighs> because who else end- would have the guts to take it, right? Yeah, right. The NWO comes out now and leaves with Hogan and Rodman while they're trash-talking the camera. DDP and Carl Malone then exit through the crowd. And that mercifully brings us to the end of this show. In case you're wondering, the Nitro before this was better than the actual pay-per-view. Yeah, right. That's pretty sad. We're going to take our... uh, final break here on the other end of this it's final ratings time and what's coming up next month on the podcast follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector good morning good afternoon good evening and good night my name is thomas and what's your name uh, i'm alan, alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah yeah we're brothers that's right yeah, yeah the mother same mother and father your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, 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 well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Yeah, hey, 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 it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings time here. Internet Movie Database gives this 5.9 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 5.08 out of 10. I give it 6.5 out of 10. Maybe a D. Somewhere in there. What say you? I give this an F. This sucked. This was a lame show, dude. I can't believe. Just, wow. I remember vividly, like, all the hype going into this damn show. This is going to be the biggest wrestling show. This is their WrestleMania 3. That's the way they were kind of presenting it. (laughs) Yeah. 
you look at this card, it doesn't look all that great on paper. I, I realize the main event was like, you know, superstars or whatever, but good grief, man. You, that even your world title match was just a what the hell ever. It was clearly there just to give Goldberg a match. <sighs> I don't know, man. Effing sucks. But that's how we wrap up July. You're welcome, America. But uh, because because fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> Apparently. This is what you get for a high gas price and high food price. You get this garbage. Exactly. <laughs> well, next month will be a lot better, and I'm not saying that sarcastically. I really do mean that. Uh, August. Watch most of the shows. I can tell you, he's not lying. Yeah, August is uh, is looking pretty good. The first show of the month is a little divisive, but Greg said it's really not all that bad. I still got to watch it to uh, gauge for myself here. But August 2nd, we're starting off with our first SummerSlam of the month. It's WWF SummerSlam 1994. That's Undertaker versus Undertaker and the famous uh, cage match between Bret and Owen Hart. Good stuff there. August Good 9th. Stuff, <laughs> August 9th is ROH Death Before Dishonor. 2008. Uh, I forget what number that is off the top of my head here. Uh, is six? Uh, six. Yes. Yeah. That is correct. If nobody knows, that's one of the bigger shows of the year for Ring of Honor. So figured we'd dive into that here. Also, by the way, if it is coming this year in 2023, they have not said a single word about it yet. And we are getting to the point where they should have been promoting it already. Yeah, right. They need to get on that crap. In that regard, I actually hope it's not coming because that's less embarrassing. Yeah, right. Put it off a year or something like that. But the main event of this one is a huge four-way elimination match for the Ring of Honor world title. It's Nigel McGinnis defending against Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Tyler Black, better known today as Seth freaking Rollins. Where are all these losers at now, huh? <laughs> so that that's a pretty big damn show right there. Uh, That's one match. Up, oh, yeah. It's got a whole card of some, well, I can't say it's all good stuff looking at the card, but uh, I'm going to assume. A lot, of, a lot of good stuff. Right. Uh, we're hitting our second SummerSlam on August 16th. It's WWF SummerSlam 2000. 2000 was a pretty hot year for the WWF. So looking it's forward got, to watching uh, that one. The ladder match on or TLC. It's a great one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the TLC's on there. You got. Uh, Rock, Angle, Triple H in the main event for the WWF title. It's uh, good stuff. On uh, August 23rd, that is double main event week. Uh, it is the first show of the week. It's going to be Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor 15. They bring in some New Japan talent for that one. The main event, Cody Rhodes defends the ROH title against Minoru Suzuki. And we get two matches involving the Young Bucks, which I'm sure you're just ecstatic about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the match. This is clearly going to be match of the night, man. The winners <laughs> receive the, the opening match is winners receive an ROH World Six Man Tag Team title shot later in the night. It's Bully Ray. It's Bully Ray and the Briscoes taking on the Kingdom, which is Matt Taven, TK O'Ryan, and Vinny Marseglia. Who the hell are those guys? <laughs> uh, they're the guys follow around Matt Taven. God. Hey, you want to go to Matt Taven's house? Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, I know it starts something with a back alley. You go down an alley, right, and then you go up a little hill. There's a bunch of houses there. There's one with a bush in front of it. That's Matt Taven's house. 
Oh, man. Like I said, that's Double Main Event Week. We're coming at you after that with, I think this might be our first NXT show uh, we've reviewed. It is uh, NXT. Did we do the one we, you and I went to? We've been to a couple of them. I don't, I don't think we've ever done one. Oh, SummerSlam, I thought. I thought we did that one. Yeah, we did SummerSlam. We, we haven't done... Yeah, looking at uh, my notes, we've never done an NXT show. So this will be a first for us. Wanted to squeeze one in. It's NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. That was right before SummerSlam 2018. I was Barclays there. Center. Yep. Uh, the main event was Tommaso Ciampa defending the NXT title against Johnny Gargano in a last man standing match. Shayna Baszler defends the NXT women's title against Kyrie Sane. Adam Cole defends the North American title against Ricochet. Good stuff on this uh, this show right here. Also, Undisputed Era defends the uh, tag titles against Mustache Mountain. We got Velveteen Dream and EC3 taking each other on. So She's over 18, right? Oh my god. Uh, maybe not. Allegedly! The main event of the month, actually, on August 30th, we're hitting you with WWE SummerSlam 2014. The, the biggest thing I remember about that one, besides uh, uh, Stephanie McMahon and Brie Bella's, you know, match, if you want to call it that, is uh, John Cena. Well, got, the words, huh? yeah, uh, John Cena got himself effed up by Brock Lesnar. You want to talk about being taken to Suplex City? There you go, man. Suplex uh, City's even born yet. <laughs> Wait, was what it? Was it? I it was, uh, no, it was 13. Was it 13? No, 15. Yeah, it's not even born yet. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania 31? Was it 31? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was. That was 15. Yeah, that, 20... oh, that was okay. here. Yeah, it was right by me. Well, there you go. This was the first instance of it, I guess. But either way, there you go. That is what to expect for August. It's going to be a hot month, everybody. I'm looking forward to it. God, I hope, hope you not. are too. Yeah, well, not heat-wise. So, yeah. But thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, sure. And we'll see you all next week as we bring you SummerSlam 1994.